Welcome to The Cannabis Question, a medical marijuana podcast coming out of the Keystone State of Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Scott Goddard, and on today's episode, we begin to digest one of the largest concepts in cannabis science, which is, what is THC versus CBD? So this is a huge question, of course, and there's a lot of things to talk about here. So we're going to revisit, I'm sure, some of the ideas we mentioned over the course of this episode later on with more detail as we get more specific over time. But if there's anything that you hear that you'd like to have more information on, feel free to contact us through Instagram at The Cannabis Question, Facebook at facebook.com backslash tcqpod, or at The Cannabis Question email address, uh, thecannabisquestion at gmail.com. And without much further ado... We're going to jump right in. Well, thank you for joining me today, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of The Cannabis Question. I actually just wanted to take a moment to throw a note on in the front of this episode, Uh, I recorded the main part you'll hear in a moment with me and Kevin Conyers a week or two ago, and we have our big discussion about THC and CBD and how they differ. And, you know, we had a little discussion in the front end you'll hear where we get to talk a little bit more freely about uh, the sort of things we enjoy while medicating in, in movies, film, and TV. And I couldn't believe that I completely missed the fact that I'd be releasing this show right after the finale, uh, the total series wrap-up of Game of Thrones. And so for those of you out there who might not know uh, or have been hiding from the internet, uh, there has been a lot of passionate reactions to the way this last season has been going, uh, mostly probably uh, as the internet often provides on the negative side. So for any folks out there who uh, are into Game of Thrones or catching up to it or want to watch it, I will not spoil it for you. There won't be any spoilers here. However, I might recommend a couple of strains to use while especially watching this last season. I would think something like a good old Happy Jack Harer or some Pineapple Express are definitely going to be great ones to uh, keep your mood aloft while you deal with what may be a very disappointing way to end uh, 10 years of a show. So I'll leave you with that little piece of info. And with that being said, here's the show. Well, thanks for joining us today, everybody, for the Cannabis Question. On our third episode, uh, the big idea we're going to tackle is uh, what is the difference between THC and CBD? Uh, Now, in modern day, this is a massive question. Uh, certainly if you paid any attention to our pop market, you'll see CBD being injected in sort of every orifice in our society right now. So, uh, that's an up and comer. And then of course the classic THC are uh, our big motivator from cannabis, uh, to help today. Uh, once again, I have my enduring co-host Kevin uh, on the mic with us today. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. And, uh, so These two molecules, very, very similar, uh, both coming from basically the same plant group. But uh, before we jump into it, uh, Kevin wanted to get a couple things across. Kev, what do you got for me? Yeah, so obviously THC and CBD is going to be a uh, big and comprehensive topic. But one of the things that we like to talk about on this podcast, other than 
the THC CBD side of things. We also like to talk about uh, some great things to do when using cannabis. So today we're talking about medicated movies, Scott. Oh, beautiful film. Yeah. So I've worked in the uh, film business before, as I've mentioned. And one of the things that I recommend to patients, regardless if I've worked in the film business, is uh, (laughs) that a great way to start using cannabis the first time maybe you ever get medicated is to sit back and watch a movie. Do something that's enjoyable for you already in your life and kind of see how cannabis might affect that, enhance it or... uh, make it life plus as you would also yeah, often say living plus yeah, perfect yeah. Place to be. and definitely think about maybe the pain reduction uh in those moments when you're focused on the movie and are able to uh distract from it so i was just wondering scott what do you uh like to watch while medicated oh uh, that's a good one so i think uh one in the earliest days of uh using cannabis uh there's sort of a couple movies that i think always find their way into like a, a cannabis user's closet uh, for me, I remember early on uh, watching a lot of Pink Floyd's The Wall, VHS naturally, uh, well back in the day. Uh, and that was sort of part of the whole like psychedelia culture uh, of cannabis. Certainly if you watch any like concerts or concert style films, uh, they all kind of fall into it. Uh, now as a uh, slightly more mature man, not by much, uh, I think I usually gravitate uh, towards like murder mysteries, funny enough. Like a category I think soberly I don't tolerate nearly as well but uh being medicated you know my patience is up my intrigue is sort of enhanced and i'm a little more focal on just these like little details trying to solve through so there's a, a british one called father brown this is a netflix situation uh a uh, beautiful one actually i think the lead actor was a prominent actor in harry potter for all those out there who like a little fantasy you'll recognize him as the uh, father figure uh in harry potter uh so a lot of murder mysteries in mind what about you kev what have you been uh, tuning into recently I would say recently I love a good travel show well medicated that uh, much like reading a good book, uh, cannabis can really take you to a different place. So watching a TV show where the host is physically in a different place really can kind of enhance that something that I like to watch that's not necessarily a movie. Uh, I like a good comedy movie, well-medicated, because of the fact that another, the escapism nature of it, being able to kind of tune out, uh, have a laugh, put your uh, worries of the day. I do some comedians, too, that that way. You know, like, uh, I'll watch a couple longer format, I think, comedic things, being, again, like, in a more relaxed mood, willing to sit down for a whole hour and uh, and consume some, some good comedy coming at your face. Yeah, I think it's a great way to start if you've never done it before. And I think it's a great thing to continue doing uh, as you become a more experienced cannabis user. And, and I'd say this, too. Uh, we run into, and, and the, the state will continue to, of course, run into a lot of first-timers out there, potentially. Uh, we know movies are a great way to sort of get into it. Uh, I would also uh, throw an air of caution out there. Uh, something I like to do, and for you guys who like scary movies might be a good thought, uh, to get a little medicated, it gets you a little bit more like on the believing train. And, uh, you know, the recent release of Pet Cemetery was uh, definitely a bit more alarming under medication. So for, for people who like a little fright, uh, I think it's great to be able to turn that up a little bit and amp up your, your fear and how much you might get into the story. But for people who do not like that kind of, uh, you know, media-driven anxiety that comes from uh, heavy scare films, uh, don't do that. Uh, you can definitely find yourself in a much more panicky place. Uh, because it's just going to, you know, add into things that are already there. Although that being said, 
a much bigger fan of Pet Cemetery One. Just you know, throwing it out there. All right, hot take. <laughs> Uh, although there's one thing I want to expose right now uh, for Mr. Kevin. There is a guilty pleasure, I think. You like to medicate and watch all the time. Uh, are you willing to uh, let uh, let everybody out there know? Uh, well, yeah, if we want to get into it. I definitely uh, occasionally, by occasionally I mean every week, like to watch The Bachelor pretty heavily medicate it. Uh, that I find that show to be a bizarre take on reality, <laughs> on dating in general, and hilariously edit it and execute it uh so that's something that i definitely like to do while medicated it's a guilty pleasure there was another show uh out there called burning love which i think might be on hulu still which is a send-up of those types of shows and they're almost indistinguishable from each other the show mocking uh, what's happening with it is almost indistinguishable (laughs) from the show that is being mocked which i really enjoy and i I can get behind yeah yeah, no, I have not been able to attend one of these, but I think uh, we have one in the works soon. Uh, I think it's it's the perfect marriage of two things uh, to be able to tolerate each other. So I'm all about that. Uh, but but I digress. I digress. Indeed. And we will uh, take a step down from our lofty views of television and uh, get into a little bit of these two major cannabinoids, sort of the brother and sister, or brother and brother, or sister and sister of the cannabinoid world. So THC and CBD... Uh, tetrahydrocannabinol and cannabidiol are the two main motivators in cannabis that are going to create this reaction, this, uh, you know, attenuation in the human body. Uh, THC is definitely the one that gets a little more headlines for the legal sake of it because of its storied past. Uh, if you listen to a couple of those episodes, you know, I mentioned uh, in no short form about uh, how we came into such a complex market. But CBD looks like it's having its time in society where uh, it's getting injected into the commonplace. And we welcome both of those things being normalized. Certainly uh, half of the battle is medicinal. The other half is societal or cultural in being able to get these products, uh, you know, into the hands of people who can use it best. So at least with THC at the top of it, um, what do you think about THC, Kev? I think THC is what got me into cannabis in the first place. It's, what interested me in it because of its psychoactive effects Um, and then later hearing about all the other benefits that surrounded THC and I would think even early into me hearing uh, about uh, weed in my high school days that that was obviously it was still scheduled as a very legal drug but even then you were hearing stories that with given uh, THC seizures will be reduced extremely in uh, patients who are dealing with, you know, 70 to 100 seizures a week, suddenly it's seven. Uh, so I never really understood why it was a negative uh, for so many people. Moving forward, I see THC help people every day. I think some people really look for the numbers and the highest percentage of THC because that's what they think will help them. And for some people, it definitely does. Maybe a high score, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, highest number wins. So <laughs> that's definitely a thing. But I, I think it's fantastic in terms of what it can do. A uh, little different than CBD, which I've only just really started to comprehend in the last year or two. So one of the big differences uh, that as a user, you know, I, I share with Kevin, um, THC was definitely the cell, if you will, of the experiences. And even now, you know, as they look into the medicine and for as popular as CBD is, THC still 
does a massive amount of lifting in the workload uh, for cannabis. Uh, we actually recently ran into uh, somebody I'm, I'm hopefully going to get on the show uh, in not too many episodes who sort of helped school us further in the science of THC versus CBD. And, and much as Kevin mentioned with spasticity, you know, THC is actually the better chemical to go with. It's uh, It does a lot better for uh, autism, for uh, anti-spasmodic sort of situations, whereas a lot of people still probably would attach to CBD first. So um, although a lot of folks still kind of push it in their minds once they're in the know towards like the the high, the psychoactive, the sort of euphoria side, its medicinal benefit outside of those precursors uh, is still massive. Uh, there's really two main types of THC we deal with uh, in the body, and that's going to be a variant called Delta-9 and one called Delta-11. Now, I know I'll surely misspeak on one or two of these items, so uh, I do apologize as the sign still changes a little bit on me quicker than I can. But uh, from what I understand, at least Delta-11 is something you'll more so run into as you eat it and it gets processed and metabolized by your liver, whereas Delta-9 is going to be the one we're probably more familiar with with inhalation, sort of a faster uptake style when it doesn't get metabolized. And THC will go in and uh, much like a lock and key, if you can imagine sort of like a long hotel hallway and it's full of all these doors and you have this, this key card that opens the doors, you know, THC... There's some of those doors, those receptors, uh, THC can go in and be able to unlock and achieve a function there. Uh, so the big thing we think about with the body and with uh, protein binding and fats binding is really finding where these chemicals go and what key they unlock. Uh, it was unfortunate that up until the early 90s, we had no idea that there were even locks that we had in our body that these keys could move. But thanks to research that was especially uh, significant on cannabis, we actually chasing the plant found a whole part of our body we did not know about. That was the endocannabinoid system. And so the two main doors that THC can unlock are called CB1 and CB2, very imaginative names we have out there for cannabinoid uh, receptor 1 and 2. Uh, and these are really where we're going to find uh, the wealth of health benefits coming from the body. Uh, this hallway door, as I mentioned, full of all these uh, these potential locks that can be opened, uh, they're all over your body for THC, so they're going to be uh, mostly in your brain and nervous system, but you still have some in your immune, your periphery. Uh, they litter your body, especially in joint centers, and this is why we have such an inclination to see the medicinal benefit be so wide. Uh, it's almost in every part of your body, so uh, we have a, a strong feeling that its effect could be there to treat a lot of areas of the body. I think the endocannabinoid system is something that you and I think about a lot, but maybe don't always talk about a lot because of the fact that this science is so new and we're just getting piecemealed information, unfortunately, right now that so much of the science hasn't been finished yet because it's been held back with uh, marijuana being a schedule one uh, drug. So we're just learning about these parts of our body that are, as Scott was saying, basically these turnkey systems that uh, THC and CBD and then other cannabinoids and terpenes are able to unlock. It's funny, we are littered with uh, cannabinoid receptors. Uh, most mammals are. I would dare say most animals are, but I, you know, I'm sure they haven't cut open every single one to really check. Uh, it's been alarming uh, in the best possible way to see how prevalent 
this system is. Uh, it's one of the reasons why you'll even see uh, a couple of companies out there tempting like animal treatments with cannabinoids and being able to help with spasticity in case dogs, uh, some of which can develop uh, epilepsy and seizures. And it's even been a great function there. Uh, but of course, between these two things, THC and CBD, uh, THC is the only one which really gets your head going. Um, it's going to be the main sort of uh, fuel to get the psychoactive car uh, driving down the road. And so a lot of folks, depending if they're looking for it or trying to avoid it, um, you know, this is where discussion comes in with how much CBD can you take, how much THC uh, is good, you know, whether or not there can be side effects which are truly um, you know, going to downgrade some parts of your perception. Uh, as one gentleman described it, it changes the fabric of your thinking. And I thought that was sort of the way that the potential for THC sits. Um, it's a modifier. It doesn't guarantee you're always going to end up in the same place. Uh, and one of the big reasons for that is terpenes. Uh, something that's going to come along with your THC from the plant side of it. And terpenes are going to be something uh, Kevin actually mentioned not too long ago. Uh, in our food segment, taste buds, terpenes being such a huge part of the way that uh, the car is directed through traffic, the where it ends up, why it's going to where it does. It's going to be more of the spectrum of all these other fats and chemicals in the plant that create the overall perceived effect. So although THC might really be, you know, the mainstay, just remember that there's a lot of other contributors to it um, that are going to help understand why we have such a variance in reactions and also why the plant itself just has so many permutations variety is really a strength in that way and just uh, not to digress from thc versus cbd but um on the topic of terpenes i think that a lot of that has to do with uh your olfactory that the way that you perceive that whether it be the small strong lavender smell uh that takes you somewhere or the pinene that kind of musty smell some of those things can trigger other things that are personal to you that really may be vastly different than somebody else using that they say like smells are the one of the bigger parts of memory right correct and i think a lot of that um showing that it's such a huge part of memory is just showing the connection between your olfactory and your brain and if it's enough to trigger that, it's also enough to modify it or increase it or decrease it. So it just shows that, you know, it's got a huge uh, button there that it can be able to at least uh, manipulate quite a bit. But for all of THC's benefit, uh, a lot of folks out there do not like the distraction of the, the head high, the euphoria. Um, although for me and Kev, it's been a big sell. Uh, we can un understand depending on where uh, what stage people's lives are at or just mental comfort. Um, it might not really be the thing a lot of folks want out there. So then we have old CBD. And uh, CBD, similarly, in that same sort of hallway uh, with the locks and the keys, you're going to see CBD affect the way those doors open, but not necessarily open them. Uh, it's commonplace to kind of think THC sort of touches CB1 and 2, and CBD just works on CB2. And for the sake of just basic discussion, yeah, it's not really a bad way to go. Uh, even my understanding of it, which is maybe only a hair more complete than that, uh, is still absolutely Swiss cheese full of holes because of how new the science is, and also because I am in no way a molecular biologist, so uh, my rinse-repeat only can go so far. Uh, CBD will more so modify the way THC works. 
So think of it sort of as like THC's clothes. It, it sort of dresses it and uh, decides how potent it can be at a point in time. Uh, that's one reason why when you do things that might have CBD in them, we usually assume it's going to be a lot less peaky. You know, you're not going to have sort of a, a peaks and valleys situation. Uh, it's a lot more mild. And in that way, it carries into a feeling of balance overall as opposed to just a feeling of euphoria and head high. Homeostasis is something that I think a lot about <laughs> with, uh, with cannabis use in general because of the fact I think that that's what a lot of people who use it are trying to achieve, that there's some sort of balance that they really want to find and can fine-tune with cannabis. I think once you start using a high level of THC, you can really tune that in. But I think the other side of that is it's important to not ignore the other parts of the miracle plant. <laughs> Basically, that uh, that is homeostasis kind of within the plant and then can help kind of create that within your body too and really achieving balance with CBD for what it can uh, bind to your joints so well and knock down the inflammation. And THC for a lot of people for anxiety uh, in addition to the effects that it can have on tremors or uh, specificity yeah uh, I know you know a couple of folks that I've seen in their first or second goings uh, with you know one-to-one -one ratios or CBD heavy ratios you know anxiety is probably the one where you have the clearest like night and day sort of approach where somebody's like I you know use this I medicated and immediately felt something changed in me and although I think THC brings that a lot of the time you know, as Kevin said, uh, the full circle, the entourage, as you'll see a lot of times written down as our uh, hot word in the cannabis world, um, being able to leave everything in gives you everything or at least gives everything a chance to function uh, as much as uh, the convenience of faster methods of medicating or the extraction methods, which are absolutely brilliant at this stage, um, really have pushed the market forward. I think uh, that the flower itself really holds most of the potential because there's too much going on in it. We have over 100 cannabinoids, some of which have not yet really been isolated and understood. We still have parts of our ECS, our endocannabinoid system. We have the CB1 and 2, but there are about five or six direct receptors that they're wondering if they might make a CB3 and 4 out of something called GPR55 or the TERP-V1 receptor that uh, THC can modify. So it is a huge... Speak English, Scott. <laughs> these things that I read on Wikipedia tell me <laughs> that there's a lot going on. <laughs> and, uh, and Becky, certainly our house pharmacist for the show, uh, has been able to also let me know that as science progresses, you know, we will probably with testing see a lot more of how this specifically works on the conditions we're trying to treat as that science is going on now. So uh, it's a beautiful blossoming world. But there is one thing about CBD which we really wanted to get into as well, which is where it comes from. Yeah, I think it's really important to think about where uh, CBD comes from. Having done a little bit of research and working in the industry, it seems like there are differing opinions on what the thought on where CBD is coming from and its effectiveness coming from those two places. There's hemp-derived CBD, which I believe is legal in all 50 states right now. Well, recently legal, certainly, mm -hmm. yeah. And then there is the uh, cannabis-derived uh, CBD. With the cannabis-derived CBD and the hemp-derived CBD, molecularly, they should be the same, or at least a lot of folks are saying that they are. However, 
it seems that with the hemp-derived CBD, it may not be as effective. That that may be more of a level of like a vitamin supplement where the cannabis-derived CBD is more at a level of pharmaceutical grade. So I think it's important to think about where it comes from if your hemp-derived CBD is coming from you know, the same place that maybe cotton, which is one of the highest sprayed plants uh, that there is, is coming from and not being lab tested by anybody. And that's what's in your vape cart or that's what's mm, in pesticides. your tincture. Yeah, that may not be the uh, most medicinally uh, beneficial thing that you can have. However, if it's coming from a three times lab tested legal state, whether that's recreational or uh, medicinal, that you can feel a lot safer about the medicine that you're taking and the how effective it's going to be and the reliability of the doses. Because I think it's uh, pretty wild to see the different dosaging in the uh, hemp-derived CBD market. You see dosaging anywhere from 1 to 2 milligrams to 200, 500 milligrams CBD uh, gummies and things like that. So uh, I think it's important to kind of know where the plants that you're uh, ingesting are coming from. Yeah, that is a, a, a really important factor. I mean, really, the some of the root of the medical market is the fact that we want to get these things coming from a single source. Hopefully, we can have like a sort of seed to, to bag a following system. And although we're all excited for an eventual rec market, hopefully the whole country will open up to that as well as PA uh, a little earlier. Um, the one thing we do lose and the one thing that CBD right now is logged with is uh, the quality of the source, uh, the level of potency, whether or not the claims being made are verifiable, not necessarily the healing claims, not like the FDA claims, but just like the this is how much of what you're getting and this is what's in it. Uh, even on a couple of tinctures and products uh, closer to what CBD does in the medical market, there is a couple things that will have additives like melatonin that can modify the way it works in the body beyond just thinking about it as, you know, a suspension and cannabinoids being put in there. So, you know, manufacturers being who they are, uh, we always have to be concerned and uh, diligent, at least, with being able to read the labeling and making sure you're not just getting, you know, your placebo effect. Uh, obviously, a mood can affect a lot of things, and it can overwhelm the idea of medicine, especially when it's such a light touch like CBD can be. Um, also, on taking it on its own, although plenty of people have had great balance happen, have returned to a better homeostatic state, the one thing we do know is that these things work best together. So as much as uh, if your access is limited, depending on where you are in the country and its legality, CBD may be your main go-to. CBD is classified, uh, or at least the male plant that CBD comes from, is mainly classified just on having less than a little THC in it. It's like less than point three of a percent so it's not to say that it's just null it's just not enough to perceive and that's still achievable in the medical market with a much better sourcing increasing that thc up is only going to benefit your overall ecs functionality it's not going to be the sort of thing that will necessarily disturb it uh, as the synthesis of both and throwing both into your system again closer to the full circle is best i think it's interesting too talking to a lot of people that people who are really into CBD and CBD really works for them, some of those people find THC to be a bridge too far. And the reverse of that, 
that some people who have really found that that high percentage concentrate or flower with a lot of THC is taking care of their pain, it's taking care of their mood, it's taking care of uh, digestion problems or whatever it is that they may be facing, uh, are like, nah, CBD is not psychoactive, I'm, I'm not really interested in that. And I think both groups could uh, do with a little bit more of both, that uh, even with a high THC regimen, that adding CBD into your regimen, you may find that in between medications that you have a little less anxiety, that you uh, don't need to necessarily medicate quite as often because the things that you are medicating for are further in the background throughout the day. And I think on the flip side of things, if uh, you have a lot of CBD and you found a ton of benefit, that adding a little higher level of THC to take care of some of that anxiety to add that entourage effect to bind to your receptors to deal with pain i think would be really something of value yeah uh one of the things in this market too and uh it's funny uh being sometimes the ear on the wall when you hear a high thc user uh well a user who uh who likes high thc uh talking about how that's the only way <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and they're talking about how that's the only thing that worked. And then you'll find somebody, um, you know, for better, or for worse, who might just say, no, CBD is totally the path to success for me. And I want to like minimize or completely remove THC from mine. Uh, just another North and South battle. It's really an amalgam of the two that's best. And the weird thing with CBD is, although it itself doesn't affect the receptors like THC does, it doesn't cause an immediate effect psychoactively. It does something that's kind of a backdoor side of that. So your body produces something called anandamide. Uh, this is pretty much the animal version of THC. So they call it the bliss molecule. It goes by a very long name. I refuse to try to pronounce on a microphone. But uh, anandamide is what makes you feel a type of happiness, usually like a fulfillment. Um, it's what's actually responsible for the runner's high as opposed to endorphins. So you can sort of see the overall like mood it will give you usually generally positive a little euphoric and thc is doing anatomides work in the way it comes into the system and provides a similar experience by binding in a, in a very similar way chemically they are oh so close but what cbd does despite not doing thc's work is it slows your body from taking the anatomide out of your system what would be like metabolizing it out so instead of pissing away your happiness, as usually happens in a certain volume per minute sort of thing, it keeps it aloft. So in one way, no, it isn't psychoactive. It isn't putting anything in your body that makes you happy, but it is actually preventing the thing that makes you happy from leaving your bloodstream. So it stays in your system longer, which is why your mood is stable, because you don't have this change. It isn't leaving you. And it's one of the important, strange behaviors of CBD because... For a lot of people who are like, oh, no, CBD is the better way. It's like you're getting the same overall end product in the way that you're just preferring this CB agonist, this anatomide or THC to stay aloft in your system so that you can experience it more so that it can continue to bind and give you some sort of state change. As a result, cutting away some of the fog of that and just realizing that adding in THC is similarly going to keep anatomide in your blood because it's going to bind to those receptors and take up a couple of seats in that room. It's why they have such a great combined effect. To only leave one or the other is sort of heinous knowing the amount of work they can do together. 
Uh, so for anybody who's, you know, leaning too hard on one of their shelves, please like reach out a hand. Uh, you'll generally find it's nothing but good things. You know, maybe not every day, maybe not every dose you would need CBD, but it stays in you long enough that uh, it does good things over time, you know, in the same way a vitamin would. But it's such a low onset like ibuprofen that you just sort of take it, trust it a little bit, you know, certainly, you know, pay it some mind and let it do its work uh, underneath. And uh, I think we've both been impressed. 420, uh, the day right before we launched, uh, was probably the heavy CBD day that uh, Kevin and I went through. And I slept phenomenal that evening. Yeah, I felt phenomenal, and I'd already been taking um, an RSO one to one. Uh, excuse me, taking an RSO one to one previous to this with some CBD that I'd found just absolutely great effects from, and so uh, increasing uh, dosage on a really heavy day of CBD use, and then kind of seeing tapering off a little bit the next week. I absolutely felt wonderful that there was a general sense of well-being that is something that I can't put a finger on that THC does give me uh, in the immediate sometimes, but not often in the long term like that. And in addition to that, my stomach really felt great. And uh, every now and then you're eating a bunch of food truck food. It might not be the best for your stomach. Uh, the coach. The coach. <laughs> exactly. So uh, knowing that the CBD kind of helped that was uh, was a nice relief as well. Yeah, and even showing that potency difference, I think that day we were maybe somewhere in the 50 to 100 range of THC milligrams, and CBD we were well in like the 2 to 300 range. Functional, driving around, able to get all the things done that we needed to, albeit as calmly as two individuals could be, uh, which was the best possible thing for a long ride. Your body wasn't getting irritated uh, from sitting down so long. Uh, it's about, what was that, two, two and a half hours to Scranton from us. So, you know, it was a day of, of many things. And in those days, especially, I think. Well, if normally I would take some ibuprofen and be sort of like trying to figure out which butt cheek isn't completely asleep uh, to depend on, I can help myself out, you know, preload a little CBD, avoid some of those overall like irritations to my body, and also mentally calm the frustration of being, you know, like cooped up for a little too long or having to be stuck out in the rain as we did for only a hair or two that day. Um, it's just a beautiful mood stabilizer for that. It keeps you, you know how you were ideally to able to deal with things level-headed yeah i've said anti-anxiety but a better way to think about it i guess would be calming that there is a very calming level that is not a level of psychoactivity the same way thc is but that is a level of relaxation uh, that really helps the cbd take its effect and you can really feel the full value of it from that so one thing to consider as uh, we wind down the topic is given most of the effects uh, that we know from a biological standpoint or from a just experience standpoint, there is, and you know, the number might be a slightly lower or higher, but somewhere around one out of every five people, 20% as like a real rough figure uh, of folks who often get what would be described as the complete opposite effect. So some folks who will take CBD and feel a little less relaxed, maybe they'll feel a little more energetic or wired. Some folks, uh, I know even with other bud tenders I work with and friends of mine that I've uh, medicated with, where we'll both love the same strain and for the complete opposite reason, it'll be, uh, it keeps me up and they'll say it puts me down. Um, and there's no uh, lying in there, ideally, like neither pieces of those information is false. When you're talking about balance, you're talking about bringing yourself from either like a too much or too little to an even state. And not knowing where anybody is on that slippery slope, 
uh, you know, we welcome the fact that there's so much variance in not only approach, but also in effect, uh, because uh, it, it's miraculous sort of overall state in medicine is based on the fact that there's so many variables, there's so much possibility. Uh, hopefully years to come, we'll be able to nail it down real hard. But in a way, if you really use the plant as a whole, you know, it's kind of impossible to say uh, what the best recipe for food is because everybody's going to have a slightly different approach. So as long as we all keep in that mentality, uh, you know, it's a great market to experience because you get all these different recipes, all these different flavors and a different meal for uh, a different day, if, even if you don't like it today. I would agree with you 100%. Righteous, my man. Well, uh, is there anything we left out of there, Kev? Anything uh, you wanted to follow up with? Uh? I think summing it up, if you are a patient in PA or anywhere else or a recreational user and you've done a lot of THC, Give CBD a chance. Uh, let it uh, work for you because it's worked Can't for we a all lot just of people. Get a exactly. <laughs> and if you're new to the market and THC does seem a little bit foreign, bringing yourself up in that scale a little bit and testing the waters. And if you don't like it, it's easy to hop out. It won't last forever, and uh, you can leave it behind. But you might find that that's something that really works for you and you just didn't give it a chance before so i'd say just give thc and cbd a chance that's my sum up of this uh and uh we'll leave it at that for our little comparison today uh there's certainly plenty more information on this uh i can mispronounce a whole bunch more words in the future for you uh i'll and double up on whatever you try and do <laughs> And uh, look forward to, in about another two weeks, we'll have our episode four launching with a brand new question and a segment uh, to bring all you folks. We're hoping to get maybe a couple of folks in here to let you know what their experience has been personally with the PA medical program. So we look forward to uh, bringing a couple stories in with it. Uh, if there's anything you guys like about it, don't like or want to see on one of our future programs please don't be shy you can email us uh through our the cannabis question at gmail.com uh feel free to go to our main page on facebook which is going to be facebook.com backslash tcq pod and subscribe like spread make the wildfire a little hotter for us and uh we also have an instagram uh we also have the cannabis question find us and follow us on instagram we'll be posting pictures from events that we go to the 420 festival as well as uh, dates for upcoming podcasts and continuing pa medical cannabis knowledge right on well thanks for joining us once again and we will see you folks next time please relax be well and medicate